So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Talru is focused on predicting, optimizing, and delivering talent directly to your email or ATS. So it's totally data-driven talent attraction, which means the Talru platform enables recruiters to reach the right talent at the right time and at the right price. Guess what the best part is? <laughs> let me uh, let me take a shot here. You only pay for the candidates Talru delivers. Holy shit. Okay, so you've heard this before. So if you're out there listening in podcast land and you are attracting the wrong candidates, and we know you are, Mm -hmm. or you feel like you're in a recruiting hamster wheel and there's just nowhere to go, right? You can go to talru.com slash attract. Again, that's talru.com slash attract and learn how Talru can get you better candidates for less cash. Or... Just go to chadcheese.com and click on the Tauru logo. I'm all about the simple. You are a simple man. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. Here we are. Let's do another firing squad because our fans love it. All right, guys. Today we have, uh, geez, I'm going to say this wrong, Spodge, Spodge, which is SBS, Spooge is what we're calling it. Uh, But it's SBOJ.com. We have Nick Gray, CEO and Londoner. Uh, Nick, welcome to the the firing squad. Hey, and thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, It's an honor. Hope you got your bulletproof vest on today. Yes. Uh, well, there's, there's plenty around in London, so your president tells us. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, hey, with your prime minister, I'm not sure you can talk. No, exactly. You're, you're not wrong. He's the Britain Trump, isn't he? Yes, yes. Well, we know that you know the, the rules of the firing squad, but some of our listeners don't. So, Chad, why don't you run through the dilly dilly? All right. All right, Nick. You will have two minutes to pitch SBOJ Spooge. At uh, the end of two minutes, you're going to hear the bell. Then Joel and I are going to hit you with rapid fire Q&A. If your answers start rambling, then Joel's going to hit you with the crickets. Uh, and that's your signal to move along and tighten up your game. Uh, at the end mm-hmm. of Q&A, we're going to grade you with either big applause you should, uh, at this point, get your bank account ready because you knocked it out of the fucking park. Uh, golf clap. Uh, you're getting there, but uh, you can do better. That's some work to do. Yeah, you've yeah. lots of work to do. Uh, or 
the firing squad. Get the brick. Close up shop. <laughs> Pull out the drawing board because that shit sucks. But that's the firing squad. Do you have any questions? No, that all sounds very clear. Hopefully I don't get the last one. Excellent. Okay, Joel, let's do this. Ready, Nick? Yes, go for it. Two minutes starting. Sports.com is a new platform which disrupts the employer-recruiter relationship. Taking the example of real estate, 15 years ago, when you were looking for a property, you'd visit the local estate agents who would then send you houses in your budget they thought that you'd like. Now you use an online platform such as Zoopla in the UK or Zillow in the US, and you search for the house you like and are then put in touch with the agent that represents it. Essentially, staffing firms still work in the same way that realtors used to. Employers recruit in three ways. One, by advertising roles and getting direct hires. Two, by using an in-house team to scrape LinkedIn, their network, and to leverage referrals to find direct hires. And three, by using recruiters or staffing companies. Spodge just focuses on number three. It's a tool for in-house teams to use alongside their ATS, which aggregates and manages all of their applications from recruiters. There are lots of staffing firms, so employers manage noise from recruiters by having a PSL, a list of recruiters they can deal with. I always thought this was kind of stupid because one, the perfect candidate might be using a recruiter they don't deal with, and two, all of the recruiters who are not on the PSL constantly call up the employer to try and get on it. Spodscreen's existing relationships manages duplication and reduces conflict with recruiters, plus allows an employer to use any recruiter on guaranteed terms. No humans are involved, everything is processed by algorithms. Spodge just manages the introduction. Recruiters still do the same stuff they do now, and employers can still project their employer brand in the same way. The difference is just that the starting point for the relationship is our platform. For employers, Spodge immediately manages all noise from recruiters and in the longer term will allow them to search an aggregated database of recruiters' candidates, like you now do on Zillow for houses, which isn't something that they've been able to do until now. Spodge is completely free for employers to use, so it's been conceived as a bit of a no-brainer. There are also a lot of reasons why recruiters would want to use it too. We just got a big investment from a former Dragon's Den investor, which is obviously a huge stamp of approval. To find out more, please visit spodge.com or email me, nick at spodge.com. There it is. Tight pitch. Did you write that down? I've been doing that all morning. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I tried it. Thank you. I tried it with my girlfriend earlier and I got to, like, I was sort of ad-libbing it and I got about a third of the way through it and it, she's like, that's two minutes. Yeah, we are typically disappointed <laughs> by uh, CEO pitches, but that one was pretty damn good. Significant investment from Dragon's Lair star, is it Richard Farley? Yeah, Richard Farley. So um, Dragon's Den is kind of the same as your Shark yep. Tank. I think yep. we, well, we kind of invent. well, I think actually the Japanese invented it. Then um, we had Dragon's Den and then you had Shark Tank like four, three or four years afterwards. Yeah, so were you on Dragon's Den no. or how did you get his how did you get his attention? No, so basically we kind of knew a couple of sort of mutual people on LinkedIn and I sent him a few emails and he said he's like said, Oh yeah, 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 it sounds like kind of interesting and then he didn't really come back to me at all. And um and he kept looking at my profile and I was like, Well, you know, if you can look at my profile, then you need to hear what I want to say. <laughs> and um so effectively I went along and met um him and another guy, um and um you know, it, it, it took about six months of loads of meetings and so on and so forth, because I think he's very careful with what he does, right. um, obviously, um, which is why I didn't get into the position he is. But, um, you know, he's um, backed a lot of companies. He tends to, you know, do larger um, investments with, um, you know, far more established companies. But, you know, he's a nice guy. We kind of get on well. 
And um, I think he can see that he can make a bit of a difference with it and we can perhaps, uh, you know, do something cool with it. Do you know if he's investing in this industry at all right now? Are you the only investment he has in this industry? I think I'm the only investment that he has um, specifically in recruitment. I mean, I don't know uh, sort of recruitment tech, but I, I mean, I don't really know. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies, put it that way. So um, funny enough, actually, I think he was replaced on Dragon's Den by James Kahn, who came up in one of your recent podcasts, I think, because um, you were mentioning his name, saying uh, Kahn is the actor or et cetera. Right. And, and what was it about you guys that, that kind of sold him? What was the appeal? Well, I think it's because it's a very, it's, it's a market that everybody knows and a lot of people have dealt with. And, I think a lot of his companies obviously deal with it from the other end of the stick, um, you know, in the fact that they have a lot of recruiters that are chasing them around and um, not necessarily always giving them a great service, but often they want to use recruiters because they've got good people and they want to hire people. Um, and obviously it was my, you know, natural brilliance and so on and so forth that pushed him in my direction. Um, but um, it, it, it just kind of, you know, we, we got on well and it was a point where we needed some money because, it's been it's a very been a very difficult thing to develop, um, and it's cost us a lot of money and time and so on and so forth. I, I got to get to the name. Uh, so I initially thought it was S B O J. It's it's yeah, Spodge. Uh, if if you get the firing squad, you can always pivot to exactly. Spooge and make it a different content uh, site. So how did you come up with the name? What's the story? Mm-hmm. Is it a pain in the ass on sales calls to say hey? I'm Nick with Spodge. Well, not, not really. I don't think. I, I don't think it's been much of an issue. I think um, having a short domain and obviously a .com is you know because we, we've got plans. We want to just not do things outside the UK. So um, you know having that was and obviously it's jobs backwards. So um, you know it was kind of that was ah. kind of the point. Um, actually, one of my colleagues came up with it um, rather than me. Um, but I tracked down the guy who owned it in the states and. We paid him a bit of money for it, and it was literally about 10 years ago we bought it. So anybody with dyslexia would have known what the name was. I mean, that's pretty because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, until you yeah. just said that, I was like, oh, shit, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Well, it's jobs backwards, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those things. And, and really, yeah. um, it's not something that, um, you know, you kind of – it needs to be explained to you how it works and how we fit into the ecosystem. So, um, you know, when I, when I go along to people and say, oh, yeah, well, it's called Spodge because it's jobs backwards, people are always like – Ah, great. Oh, yeah, it makes sense now, you know? <laughs> that should be part of your logo, literally. It should be Spodge and then at the bottom, yeah. jobs backwards. There's no question. Yeah, it's jobs backwards. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you've just come up with a random name. <laughs> now that we fixed your company, uh, we're good to go. So Thanks. Bounty Jobs <laughs> has worked this concept for about a decade, probably over a decade, and they're still not a big player. What makes you think, what makes yeah. you think Spodge can break out and make it big? Well, I think there's some differences with bounty jobs. I mean, I'm not uh, massively um, familiar with it, but um, a, a lot of the things that have, um, they, they kind of, what Spodge does is it aggregates the noise. So what we do is um, we look after all of an employer's hiring of recruiters, like kind of from the moment that they start using us. Um, so we can kind of guarantee that there'll be no conflict with people. And, and, and we use it from a, employer's Mm -hmm. perspective so um, the employer is kind of the dog that wags the tail so to speak Um, and so effectively we get a good company to use spodge um, and effectively the the recruiters want to work with that company anyway Um, so it's just a way of aggregating that data Um, bounty isn't massive in the uk um, and i'm sure there are 
the, 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 probably the closest thing to Spodge is um, something like a recruitment marketplace, um, which, you know, there, there are mm. quite a lot of those. Um, and effectively what happens with a recruitment marketplace is, one, there are a lot of humans involved in it. Um, so effectively, um, you, you, a, a company publishes a vacancy on, um, you know, one of these marketplaces. I think Bounty is much more like a marketplace. Um, and then companies tender for the role. Now, that kind of puts a lot of the recruitment companies off because, um, you know, one, they haven't really got any more control over applications or ownership of candidates than they had in the first place because it's all managed by humans and it can still be kind of a black hole when they're putting applications into an ATS. Um, and two, a lot of the good recruiters just won't use it because, um, you know, there are costs involved in doing so and blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's kind of an evolution. And, and if we'd probably been sensible, we would have maybe created a recruitment marketplace and then created Spodge. Um, but it's like a, a, a recruitment marketplace on steroids, effectively, where everything is processed by algorithms rather than by people. Sorry. <laughs> you said something while you were talking about uh, the investment, something about like you guys needed the money or you were, you were in a sort of a, in dire straits. Um, expand upon that and, and how big is the team? Like what, what does it look like? Uh, how much money have you raised? How much money are you looking to raise? Talk about sort of your financial health. So basically we've done, um, uh, effectively most of it has been input from like the founding people who, uh, who came up with the idea. Um, and, um, so I've been in recruitment for a long time. Um, I did quite well out of that and had some money that I always wanted to invest in building spodge. The problem has been the the technical stuff has been by far the hardest thing to do because we've had four, four teams of developers um, and only the fourth one has managed to actually do the stuff we can do. Are those contracts? Um, well, no, we've uh, we've had all sorts of arrangements in terms of being able to, okay. um, you know, give them some equity and la, la, la. But the developers tend to do the sort of easy bits, but then the, the hard you know, algorithmic data that we need and, 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 mm -hmm. and, you know, that stuff is things that, you know, you have to pay 500 pounds a day for, and, you know, we've just never really been able to afford it. Um, so, um, to answer your actual specific question, um, you know, we've spent a lot of money on it, but now we've got a thing that actually works really well. In fact, in some ways better than we thought it was going to. Are you guys profitable? Is what, sorry? Are you profitable at this point? Um, so at the moment, basically, we've we've been running a beta for about six months, um, and that basically just we kind of wash our face with that. Um, but we, we effectively because it's quite complex, we had to just to kind of check to see if the beta actually worked properly before um, you know we're pushing it out. We're just really I've been marketing it more actively for like the last two weeks, so um, we're actually only sort of moving into the market now. Okay, Nick, quicker, quicker answers. Uh, are the recruiters vetted? Uh, no. So okay. um, the, there is a, a, um, a tool on the system where um, companies, if there's a particular recruiter they hate, they can um, not receive applications from them. Okay. Um, are, are the recruiters ranked? Um, well, that is a, a thing that we'd like to do in the future, but obviously okay. we need more data to do that. That's, a, that's really a data issue. Can employers rate them? The players that yeah. work with them. Yeah, so that is basically, you know, when we've got a lot more people using the system, that's exactly what we want to do: is allow employers to rate the recruiters so they can um, see before they use people. But really, kind of the point of Spodge in some ways is that you know that they go for the candidate because we want employers to be able to search a database of candidates 
um, because obviously I'd like them to have the candidate rather than the recruiter. Right. So the website says free for employers to use. Hmm. So how do the recruiters get paid? Um, so basically what happens, it's the same as um, a normal transaction. So say uh, a recruiter uh, is introduced through Spodge, they make a fee, um, say it's a £10,000 fee. Um, it works with contract and perm, but for uh, on a perm example, um, mm-hmm. the company then pays me the £10,000. I take uh, 10% of that off and then I pay the recruiter the £9,000. So they pay me 10% on success in, which is kind of in line with a referral fee. Okay. So on the site though, it says free for employers to use. So that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of, kind of uh, gray there. So how is Spodge a 24 seven marketing tool? How do you help the market from a marketing standpoint? So for example, um, if you're a recruiter who's um, kind of started up your own small company um, and uh, you know, you don't have uh, access to a lot of people's um, PSLs, great contacts in some of these big companies, then um, assuming that that company is using Spodge, then you can still use, um, you know, it's like a way that, so recruiters add their candidates to Spodge and then employers can search them. So effectively, it's like having a shop window for uh, uh, recruiters to be able to advertise their wares, so to speak. The uh, website also says access the candidates of every recruiter on the planet. How is that possible? Well, that's probably a slightly bold claim. Um, But obviously, if, you know, it, it's, it's, it's um, if recruiters choose to use Spodge, the, the point is, is that we, we focus on uh, getting good employers onto Spodge and then effectively, uh, if you want to deal with that employer, you go through Spodge. It's a kind of a, you know, a, we, we focus on securing the employer first and then we manage their recruitment from there outwards. So um, the more people that use it, the better. And obviously, if we sign up, if you do banking recruitment and we sign up five big banks in London, then, um, you know, you're going to be using Spodge. And in terms of marketing, you, you talked about outreach to recruiters. How are you marketing to, I guess, both recruiters and employers, what's sort of the marketing strategy that you guys are implementing right now? So really, um, as I said, we're, we're kind of starting out a bit. So um, uh, we, we're kind of learning a lot of those things. And really what we're trying to do at the moment is secure some really good um, employers to use the system. Um, and after that, um, it's really been more of a case with our beta version that we were um, talking to the recruiters about the system so they weren't worried that their stuff was being um, you know, stolen off them or lost, or they were still going to get a fee or et cetera, et cetera. Um, so um, I think the whole thing in terms of marketing to recruiters is something that is an important part, but obviously I've got a background in recruitment and um, I know that, you know, they don't want to get ripped off. So Spodge does actually for the first time, you know, stop that happening um, because, um, recruiters can always upload things into people's portals, but they've got no idea what's really happening with that data. Um, they, and, and ours is run by algorithms, not people, you know, so we can't cheat the system. So recruiters add the necessary data slash the candidates and then the algo takes over. That's that's correct, right? Yeah. So we match the candidates okay. if they're if they're matched. And then and then ultimately, obviously, we can't do it at the moment because we haven't got like a billion users. But uh-huh. um, ultimately, the the idea is that if a company you know, wants to hire an engineer in uh, Taiwan that they can just search 
that database and find a candidate from a recruiter. Um, yeah. So effectively, it, it just creates another stream that uh, an in-house team can use. So humans, humans are just adding candidates into the database. Why not just skip the human slash recruiters and buy into a big database of profiles? Well, because the you know recruiters, uh, it's it's one of those things. I think re- recruiters do useful stuff. So um, other than you know kind of making introductions, which is what I'm hoping Spodge will take over and do. Recruiters, you know, all the wheels of a deal, um, you know, do the negotiation stuff like that, and that's why recruiters exist. Um, you know, recruitment's obviously a massive industry, and and I don't think anybody's going to come up with a you know a golden bullet that's going to kill that. Um, all Spodge is trying to do is make that more manageable and more palatable. So you also have the, the chicken and egg dilemma, right, Chad? Where if you don't have candidates, employers aren't going to use it. If you don't have employers, recruiters aren't going to care. So how are you balancing that now? Right. So I think you're right. Obviously, it's a chicken and egg thing. But um, um, having candidates to search is um, like a, a thing that we'd like in sort of six or 12 months. Um, for example, now, just from our beta, if, if for certain technical roles, you know, in London, um, employers could search them now. So um, because we uh, create the link with an employer that manages their recruitment, mm-hmm. we automatically get agents that use the system, which creates a database. So without us having to, um, you know, spend loads of money or buy a database or la la la, um, we're buying current data from recruiters that are currently recruiting. But I mean, it's, it's like you're really using humans to seed the system that could be a hundred percent automated more like a marketplace uh you know how long until you're there i mean you know spod says it's simple but wouldn't even be more simple just to automate the points of uh, and reduce the uh the human friction because if you have the data uh from the actual jobs from corporate career sites or what have you or uh and or the actual data uh from the candidates why do you need any type of human interaction whatsoever allow the system to do what it's built to do well, so I think there's two two answers to that. One is is that um, the the data is added by recruiters. It's their data, so um, you know it, it's not up to me to steal that data from them in the future. If an employer um, wants to recruit somebody who a recruiter's added, they're going to pay a fee um, to do that. So um, you know that's their data. Um, and 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 two, the the human interaction element is why I think recruiters are good. Um, you know, the, the, like I say, oiling the wheels of a deal and, you know, explaining the employer brand, all that sort of stuff, fine. Um, and that's why recruiters exist. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone who's going to come up with a silver bullet um, system where recruiters are just going to disappear off the face of the earth. Um, in my opinion, they do good stuff and, uh, you know, Spodge helps that. They do good stuff. And there's, there's also a high level of competition, um, particularly in the UK. And, and sometimes I feel like I don't appreciate the impact and the importance of, of headhunters and staffing firms um, in the UK. Talk about the the competition and the competitiveness, because my guess is, you know, you're competing against a, a, a you know a long line of well established, well known, highly funded or well funded uh, staffing firms there in the UK. That makes your job that much more uh, you know difficult to break through and cut through the clutter and, and be successful. So. Talk about the competition, how you guys, what's your differentiator 
uh, and, and what's your plan on, on cutting through the clutter and, and getting noticed in a pretty competitive market? Well, really, it's just a case of doing what we do well. Um, I mean, you know, we, we've thought of doing some other things, but we've concentrated solely on, um, you know, this managing the data of recruiters because the noise from recruiters is like a big problem. Um, and companies find it very difficult to manage that noise in an effective way. Um, you know, recruiters constantly phone up their staff and, you know, they, they don't go through the proper channels and, and, you know, it can be difficult to manage that noise. So really our model is to um, seal the deal with like key employers who want to manage it in a more efficient way because obviously the, the key thing for internal talent teams is that, you know, they're supposed to recruit people directly. They're not supposed to just sit there and take people off recruiters, are they? Right. Um, and, and, you know, what this, what Spodge does is it puts that um, element of, um, you know, managing that section, it, it makes it a thousand times simpler. And from the employer's perspective, it costs them nothing. So why wouldn't they do it? You know, so there's no more arguing over terms. There's no more, you know, duplication of things. I interviewed this person six months ago, stuff like that. You know, it, it just cuts out the difficulty. So aren't marketplaces like Uber work, Upwork, Communo, Working Not Working, and Indeed through their new acquisition of Sift, which was, was obviously there in the UK, won't it make it harder for recruiters to get placements since these apps are actually going through that algorithmic phase uh, and and really getting rid of the the human friction. How are you going to combat those types of actual marketplaces with humans involved? Well, I I, I think that, I mean this is one of the you know prime reasons why I wanted to talk to you two about it because obviously I mean you've just come up with a load of things that I you know haven't got a massive knowledge of. <laughs> you know you have have encyclopedic knowledge of these things, um, but. The, the fact remains that, um, for example, Indeed, what Indeed generally does is, um, uh, you know, they'll try and attract people directly, so direct hires. So, uh, so a, a talent team will use that to try and take people on directly. Um, there's still all these recruitment companies around that, um, you know, are still trying to function and work with them. And and, and all Spodge tries to do is, is to manage that sector. Um, However, things um, develop in the future in terms of um, being more accurate um, in terms of direct hiring, then fine. Um, Spodge is just focused on dealing with recruiters, applications, recruiters, nothing else. Gotcha. Okay. So last question from me is, uh, so you talk about the system manages duplication. How? What if a recruiter gets a candidate in the database first, but the profile is stale where another recruiter enters the same candidate data in after, but it's a more updated profile. It's a more fresh profile. Who wins? Yes, that's a good question. And, and there's a whole um, ownership algorithm that, that um, deals with that. Um, we um, it, it, it works first come, first served, as you say. Um, but ownership of a candidate only lasts for a specific period. Um, I'm not going to tell you what that is, but um, it only lasts <laughs> for a specific period. Um, and the applications and activity that happen during that period are logged and um, still work. Um, and then the ownership changes, the idea of which is that it keeps the data fresh. And if you send your CV to a recruiter who's crap, who adds the adds their CV onto the system, um, and basically nothing happens in a certain period of days that will change and a, a new recruiter can take over. So 
there's a whole complicated algorithm that deals with that. All right, Nick. I think we're done with our questioning. Yeah. It's time to face the firing squad. Uh, Chad, you want to take the, the first honors? Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly do. Nick, hey, we, we really appreciate you bringing Spodge, SBOJ, Jobs Backwards uh, to the firing squad. Uh, you know, th- there's there are a ton of of things that are happening in the industry today. Here in the US, we're seeing some things and obviously that translates differently over to the UK. Um, Becoming a true marketplace, which is it seems like where you wanna go is going to be much more automated. It sounds like you have some great automation in place, uh, but going toward becoming a new, a true marketplace uh, will mean that you have to get rid of more human friction. It's all about the easy button, right? And I, I understand the 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 want and the need to keep the human involved, but you're going to have to find different ways to do that. I think that the staffing culture in the UK, uh, if you were pitching this in the US and you're and you were mo- mostly US based, you'd have the guns in a heartbeat. But because the US the UK staffing culture is so much different. Uh, I think you have a shot at this concept in platform if you move quickly in the next 18 months. So I'm going to give you a golf clap. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The English are so polite. They are. Thank you for a neutral rating. All right, Nick, it's my turn. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the move of the untouchables? Of course, yeah. Sean Connery and uh, Kevin Costner and, and the like. Yeah. So there's there's a scene in that movie where uh, Sean Connery is with Kevin Costner and he says, you know, do you do you really want to open this box and go after Capone? And he says, yes. And Sean Connery says, basically, if you want to get Capone, he pulls a knife and you pull a gun. Yeah. He puts one of yours in the hospital. You put one of his in the morgue. Yeah. So when I'm listening to you pitch this company, I can't help but think about the fact that you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's really hard for me to sort of wrap my head around, uh, you know, the, the amount of technical, te- technical teams that you've had. Um, you know, you're not a technical person uh, by nature, yet you're building a technical or technology-based company. Um, I think that the, the, the competition that you're facing from almost a two front war. So you're facing a battle with some really well-established staffing companies in the UK, but you're also fighting a battle on the tech side with, you know, competing with some like SIFT and some of the other ones that we've, we've talked about um, in the call. So for me, you know, I will say one thing is I, I like the name now where I didn't like it before. <laughs> um, and I, I definitely think you need to have like jobs backwards on the logo somewhere because it's very memorable to people if you do that. Yeah. Um, but for me, man, I think I think you're you've brought you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. And unless unless that venture capital and the uh, the, the, the dragons den guys, you know, back up the Brinks truck, um, it's going to be really hard for you to to make this thing work. So for me. You're a nice guy, Nick. I think you're going to make some something happen somewhere. But this, <laughs> this for me is not the gig. So for me, um, it's the guns. Uh, take that for what it's worth. But I think uh, you'd be better served doing something else. No, cool. I mean, um, really, I wanted your opinion. Um, it's kind of difficult to um, always 
push it through in the right way. And, you know, you're right. It's a, it's a big market. There's a lot going on. And, and um, you know, I've learned that from you. But, um, you know, we've got some interesting tech. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I think. Well, um, hey, like I've said before, nothing would do me. Nothing would make my heart sing more than if you could come on five years from now and say, <laughs> fuck you, Cheeseman. <laughs> We're a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, I would love that. Uh, but for now, we'll have to wait for five years. For those out there that want to, want to know more about Spooge, I mean Spodge, Nick, where where should they go? Um, so it, just um, visit our site, spodge.com, S-B-O-J.com. It's jobs backwards. I love it. There you go. Chad? We out. We out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Cheese podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. Shall we play a game? The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.